Welcome to J.D. Power's Utility Podcast number five. In these podcasts, we cover topics relevant to electric, natural gas, and the water industry. Today, our focus will be on water utilities. I'm Eric Durdov, Managing Director with J.D. Power. Today, I'm joined by J.D. Power colleague, Andrew Heath, and then also joining us today is Terry McGee with the DuPage Water Commission. Uh, Terry, before we get started, uh, could you do a brief introduction and tell us a little bit about the DuPage Water Commission? Sure. Uh, what we are is we, we're a large water wholesaler located directly west of the city of Chicago. We buy uh, finished water from the city of Chicago and then resell it to all the communities inside DuPage County, uh, one private water utility, uh, federal government laboratory, and uh, two other communities that border uh, DuPage County. Great. Thanks, Terry. Okay. Uh, Andrew? Yeah, hey, Eric. Great to be able to join both of you today. Um, yeah, I've been working on our customer satisfaction study now, which is coming into its fifth year, um, and uh, just working closely with a lot of the water utilities throughout the nation, understanding what customers have had to say, and you know, sharing ideas regarding ways that all the individual water utilities may think about improving customer satisfaction and how they interact with their customers. Great. Well, well, thanks, guys, for joining us. So today within water, we're going to cover three topics, uh, water quality, water supply, and cost of water to the customer. So let's start with, with water quality. Um, you know, in our recent water residential study, we asked some questions of, of the uh, residential customers about drinking tap water. And uh, we had some really interesting results on customers that do and, and don't drink tap water. Uh, Andrew, can you summarize some of those for us? Sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple question we ask. We ask, how often do you drink the tap water? Um, then everyone who's taking the survey is given three basic answers, never, always, and then occasionally. Um, and what we're able to do is we can actually look at those different groups and see how that lines up with levels of overall satisfaction. So we've got a fairly even split. Um, I have to say, coming into it, I wasn't sure what we'd get back from consumers, but it's a relatively even split. We had 38% of people say they always drink the tap water. Another 38% say occasionally I do. And then we're left with 24% that flat out said, no, I, I don't drink the tap water. Um, and then what we can do is you can take that, Eric, and you can look at what the overall index score is. And then the group that's always drinking the, the water from the faucet is the most satisfied group overall. Um, the ones who occasionally drink, they're also pretty satisfied. It's just a 10 index points gap. But then really what stands out is the group of consumers that tell JD Power they never drink the tap water. They've got the lowest score. So um, that actually is a drop of 42 index points on a thousand point scale. So a really real notable drop. And clearly, whatever it is that's making those consumers consider the water to be something not they don't want to drink, that's having a significant impact on what they then uh, measure in terms of overall customer satisfaction. Does that make sense, Eric? Yeah, it, it does. And, uh, you know, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Terry, any, any reaction to, to what you've heard there? Yeah, uh, you know, as a utility uh, water, municipal water supplier, it just seems kind of shocking that 
anybody would not have enough confidence to drink their tap water. Um, you know, tap water is one of the most regulated uh, commodities that comes into your home, and it's thoroughly tested and analyzed on a daily basis from the utility supplying water to you. Um, and so why, you know, consumers don't have the confidence that they have to drink the water, it's a little bit confusing to me that, um, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there in the media and the news that, you know, water has got contaminants in it. It's, you know, not clean thoroughly, and it's just, you know, not true, and I'm just kind of surprised that people believe some of that information out there and uh, feel afraid or, you know, uncertain about the quality of the water coming out of their tap in their house. Right, right. So, so very interesting. And um, uh, many, many of us are familiar with the water quality reports that uh, all the water utilities have to do. And uh, those are available to the public. Um, most of the utilities, are, all of them are, are sending it out to their customers. So there's the water quality at the plant. And then there's the transmission and distribution system. And uh, so there's opportunities along the way for, you know, maybe the water to not be as clean. And, you know, some people certainly are concerned about lead and things like that. But, uh, you know, there's opportunities to replace service mains and et cetera. Um, uh, what is your guys' uh, thoughts on, on, on those items? And, you know, if that contributes to some of the uh, consumers' perception. Yeah, maybe I'll go first here, Eric, on that. I think there's... It, it's interesting when you start to dig into how customers think about the drinking water, because um, just like Terry said, it's kind of shocking for anyone working in the industry to, you know, to be aware that 24% of people are not drinking the tap water. Um, we then have, you know, a, a, an equally large number of people that will say they've experienced some sort of water quality issue. It's like, I mean, that number actually is 28%. But then you think about what the consumer's thinking about, it's very different. They're thinking about, you know, maybe I had a problem with pressure, yeah, or maybe in my mind there's a bad smell or the color's not good or it didn't taste good. So it's safe. It's not going to hurt you. But in a consumer's mind, when they're weighing up drinking the water from the tap or going out and buying yet another bottle of plastic with some water in it, sometimes they make the decision to go and purchase the bottle of water. And I think that, that, that gets to some of the challenges we have as an industry regarding infrastructure of just letting people know that, first off, the water is safe. You can drink it. Um, and here's what we're doing to make sure that constantly we're updating the infrastructure to keep you safe so that the, the, there aren't risks associated with drinking tap water. You know, I think that a lot of people, you know, have this misconception that for some reason bottled water is safer than tap water. And, you know, if you come down to it, a large percentage of bottled water is nothing more than municipal water put into a plastic bottle, which adds its own contaminant risk to the water itself. And so a lot of people, you know, they're going to their own water bottles, glass, plastic, steel. Um, you know, the con convenience part of it is, you know, it's very easy to understand that part. You know, if you want to have a bottle of water with you, it may not be around a tap or a drinking fountain. But, again, I think, you know, the fact that people are taking water, putting it into a plastic bottle, which could add, you know, additional contaminants to the water, and they feel like that's safe from tap water, again, is just a little bit confusing. Yes, definitely, definitely some misperceptions out there. So um, let's shift on to, to water supply, Um and, uh, you know, really talking about, you know, what it takes to get water, you know, from the source to the consumers and, and everything that, that goes into it. Um, Terry, you know, uh, in, in your role at the DuPage Water Commission and, 
and the, the huge amount of water that, that you move through your system. Could you maybe talk about some of the infrastructure and, you know, some of the challenges and uh, successes as well as uh, future plans? And for the DuPage Water Commission itself, we're in a very good position. Uh, our organization was formed in 1985, and we started putting our infrastructure in place at that point in time. So, you know, we're, you know, 30 years old or so, uh, where a lot of municipal water supplies are, you know, well over 100 years old. You know, we buy water from the city of Chicago. Uh, the city of Chicago's water system was built pretty much right after the Great Fire. And, you know, well over 100 years ago, and it was a lot of it was built all at the same time. So because of that, a lot of it is failing all at the same time. Uh, a lot of our customers are also in the same positions where their systems are very old and they don't, always don't have the resources and the revenue to replace the water system parts as needed. And so a lot of it gets worse and worse and worse. You know, each town has to have a handle their own budget crises. You know, they've got police, fire, housing, streets, and when it comes to water and sewer, everything's below grade, it's not seen, and it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. So when it comes try, uh, time to try to raise revenue to replace those, it's often hard when you see, you know, other needs, you know, right in the eye of the public. And so, again, we kind of fall behind a little bit, and I think that's something as a water agency we need to do a much better job of, you know, making our public officials aware of the need for replacing our infrastructure on a regular basis. And, again, to get water, you know, from a lake or a river or a well, you're going to have to do some type of treatment. It must cost you money. And then you're going to have to distribute it, you know, through your city to the individual's homes and residences and businesses. Um, you know, a lot of people have this, under, you know, this misconception that, well, water is a basic human right and it should be free. That's fine, you know, if you want to take your bucket down to the river and grab a bucket of water and bring it to your house. Yeah, it's free. But if you want somebody to treat it to very high levels and deliver it to your tap, that's where the cost is associated with, you know, your drinking water in your homes. And a lot of people, you know, kind of don't get that idea of what it takes, like you said, to get water to their homes. And, again, it's a very large mass of, you know, underground piping, valves, pumps, filters, you know, chemicals, treat, uh, chemicals to treat the water. So there's a lot that goes into making the water safe and getting it to your house itself. And then also the cost to maintain those systems so that they don't fail. We don't have non-revenue water. We maintain the quality of the water in the drinking system. Yeah, excellent point of, of everything that, that goes into it, um, uh, the cost and, and the effort to deliver the high-quality water and how important the communications are. Uh, Andrew, would you agree uh, on the communication point? Yeah, definitely, Eric. I think uh, we actually have a, a real simple question that we ask customers when we do the survey, and it's just, does the utility do a good job maintaining the infrastructure? And that's one where 63% of people say yeah, uh, which means that we're left with over a third that either don't know how to answer that question or they think no. And as we are aware, everyone in the industry is doing a good job maintaining the infrastructure. There's definitely more that can be done. There are opportunities. But a little bit like the response to how often people drink the water, it's it's certainly concerning that over a third of people either don't know or don't think their local water utility is doing a good job maintaining the infrastructure. So clearly, again, an opportunity to better engage, communicate with folks so they have a clearer understanding of the service that they're getting from their water utility. Right, and that ties into the cost of water to the customer and uh you know, as, as we talked about the cost of this infrastructure, um, you know, it, it, it has to be uh, paid for. Um, 
And so that comes down to like the sensitivity of, of customers to price. And Terry, as, as you mentioned, you know, it's it's not free. There There's effort and cost that goes into delivering it. So um, guys, any thoughts on, uh, you know, how we can get customers to better appreciate uh, the value in the, in the clean and quality water that, that, that they receive? I think one thing they can do is just take a look at, you know, their monthly bills that come into your into their home. You know, you've got electricity, you've got natural gas, you know, you've got drinking water, you've got garbage collection, you've got cable TV. You know, take a look at all of those bills and then, you know, compare the cost of the water for the benefit you're getting from that compared to those other commodities that come into your home. And I think, you know, overall you're going to find out that the cost of your water is probably one of the lowest, if not the lowest, bill that you pay on a monthly basis at your home. And, again, for the benefit that you receive, not just for drinking water, but for, you know, cleaning, you know, doing your laundry, cooking, you know, making your coffee, uh, outside irrigation, your landscaping. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, that you're using your water for that I think a lot of people take for granted that uh, they don't look at some of the other bills that they pay on a monthly basis. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew, any, any thoughts? Yeah, I'd definitely echo uh, what Terry was saying there regarding, yeah, making sure consumers have a better understanding of water and, and the value they get from it. One of the other things that a lot of water utilities have the opportunity to do is provide additional services, things that maybe are optional that um, a consumer can choose to sign up for. Um, and whenever you do that and whenever a customer then is using that service, then you get a benefit. You get an uplift on satisfaction. So if someone, even a, even a simple thing, if they've signed up to say, get a, an alert from their water utility should their bill be unusually high, which might indicate there's a leak. It's a great opportunity for the utility then to help out the consumer who's probably got a, an issue on their side of the meter that needs to be addressed. Um, and the water utility can be proactive, satisfaction scores go higher, um, and obviously the consumer is able to identify potentially a problem and get it fixed. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, the value-added services that utilities can, can supply to their customers are kind of, you know, just open-ended at this point. Uh, a lot of communities are going to the smart metering, which does exactly what he had just mentioned, is that, you know, as a consumer, I can call up a website, see how much water I'm using today compared to yesterday, compared to last month, compared to my neighbors, to see if, you know, I do have an internal leak. I've got a hose bib outside that's leaking. We also can uh, provide them with, you know, conservation information and education. Uh, a lot of people, you know, don't like the fact that they're paying a lot for water. And if I can give them some tips on how to reduce their water use, that reduces their bills again. So, again, I think those are very simple things that we as water utilities can do to help our customers. I think all great points. And, you know, kind of as we summarize here between, you know, the water quality, water supply, and ultimately the cost, uh, any, any final thoughts uh, from, from you guys before we wrap up? Um, on my part, uh, I think consumer education is extremely important for all water utilities so that, again, the more informed a person is, the better decisions they can make in their own home on how they're going to handle their water usage, whether they're going to continue to buy a bottle of water, if they want to get a simple you know, carbon pitcher that they can use and put in their refrigerator, if there are some objectionable taste or odors to their water, it's a simple way to uh, remove that. Um, you know, we add chlorine as a disinfectant. Some people are sensitive to that. Um, you know, there are ways that you can reduce that. You know, the lead issue is a big thing that a lot of people are concerned with. 
you know, there again, there's very simple measures you can use, you know, letting the tap run to flush the service line to help remove that risk uh, from the lead if you do have, you know, young children in your home. And again, I think just education uh, and, you know, working out again with those value-added services is a, a huge plus for water suppliers. I think I would just add in here, Eric, I mean, it's now our fifth year of doing this uh, water study at JD Power. Um, I mentioned up front that we've made some changes to the survey. So a lot of what we're doing right now is as we're starting to see the data coming in from consumers is just getting a better understanding of what's driving what. Um, I mentioned that whole data point about the impact of whether or not a customer drinks the water and how that influences satisfaction. Um, I think we've got a lot of other insights that we are going to be discovering over the next 12 months. So definitely looking forward to learning more about and better understanding what's driving satisfaction with uh, water utility customers. Yes, well, great discussion, guys. I, I want to thank Terry and Andrew for joining us today. And for those of you listening to our, our podcast, uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we'll be uh, uh, broadcasting another one uh, probably within two months. So uh, thanks again, everyone. Bye for now. Take care. Thank you.